what it is how's it going everybody today we're gonna be talking about singing in the rain a musical classic featuring two of your fantastic hosts from the first ones to die we're gonna talk about all the things we're gonna talk about singing rain bad singing especially and all that good stuff so if you want to hear what we have to say sit back relax have a snack have a beverage and listen on in to the first ones to die Welcome to the first Once to Die podcast. My name is Jonathan, and I am here with Alex. <laughs> um, Jerome is out this week, but never fear, he'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to hold down the fort this week. Alex, how you doing? I am doing good. Um, I went to Top Golf this week, which oh. is really cool. Yeah, I'm sore though. Oh, <laughs> I did not realize how much movement golf takes. I don't know. That's not even the best way to express that. But like, golf is really strenuous activity. Yeah, like, there are certain parts of my back that are still killing me because of the way you have to like twist. Yeah, it's all it in the so- back. Mm-hmm. And like, you have to have like loose hips to move, and I my hips are very stiff apparently. Um, yeah, by the end, it, it was super fun and everything, but by the end, like, me and my sister and my sister-in-law were, like, hunched over, we're, like, dying, we're, like, our backs. Like, I really felt my age at that moment. It was for my birthday, so it was, like, I felt my age at the time. Nice. It's, like, a humbling experience. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. It was absolutely a lot of fun. Um. You went to the one in Renton? Uh, mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I guess Did that's the only one in, in Washington. Is it? Maybe I don't know, but I I I know it. They they put it up uh, after I moved to California, so I've never been to it. But when I come back, it's we'll nice. go. Nice, we should. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, you do have to hit like pretty hard because it's like I was thinking. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a bit like like mini golf or something. You kind of just have to hit. No, you like full on body swing. Like you have to hit the ball, and multiple times I missed. My biggest fear was like letting the golf club go, uh-huh. go <laughs> which is probably why my like wrist hurts a little bit. I was gripping that thing. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't. I just don't want to let it go behind me. I don't want to let it go in front of me. I just am doing my best not to be somebody that I saw on TikTok. That you know, fell in one the, of those. That luckily we we were on the first floor. So okay. net, no net falling, <laughs> but I also just didn't want to be one of those people where you just see the golf club swinging every other way, or like just see something happening and them being like, "Oh God!" <laughs> like I was humbled, but I wasn't trying to be embarrassed. Oh, okay, okay. How did you do? Uh, surprisingly well nearing the end. Not so great at the beginning. <laughs> Okay. You had to get a little comfortable. But I actually did pretty well. I hit a couple of... So they have like these ho- giant holes. Mm-hmm. And the more center you get to, the more points you got. There's one I hit the flagpole right in the middle of it. So hey. I was very proud. Yeah, I was very proud of that. Um, But like I said, I did t- t- better than I thought I would, but still not very good. <laughs> so like a little bit in between. Nice. Um, but how, how was your week, man? Good, good. I, I, I um, side note on, on the top golf thing. I went, I think it was in like 20, I think 2016 when, um, me and my family went to Vegas. Uh, and for whatever reason, it wasn't working. Like maybe it was when top golf was, you know, just getting its footing. So, like, they had bugs and issues, but I was disappointed. And we like left after we only did like three swings. <laughs> Because our know. like area or screen or whatever wasn't working, but uh, I love to go back and get the proper experience. It 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 is like I said, a lot of fun, uh, humbling experience, especially with somebody with not the best of back. <laughs> and it was just really cool to you got like a really cool like sense of accomplishment when you actually saw how far you could hit a ball, 
And the one we went to was working properly, so it showed you, like, oh, you hit, like, 94 meters or something like that. Or It was really cool to see how hard, how far you could actually hit. Mm-hmm. And I think during the end, although we were getting tired, we were more determined to be like, all right, we don't necessarily want to go into one of the holes, but we just want to see how far we can hit. And so that was really cool to see the distance. Nice. And it's all, I don't know how they, well, I guess there's little trackings in the balls. Yeah so many everywhere uh-huh there were times they were like bouncing off of each other <laughs> so i was like i don't know how they're keeping track of this but this is really cool right i don't know this i don't know them what magic they're doing but like it's awesome <laughs> nice uh but yeah my week was good it was actually my last day for stranger things um i got a little encore bonus moment in there and uh, today, today, the re- day we're recording it is the last day of the L.A. show. So um, later we'll be doing some uh, like cast post get together type things. And yeah, overall, uh, anyone out there who's watching Love is Blind, uh, the live reunion will have come out by the time we release this episode. So I'm sure it was messy. I hope it was not disappointing, but I'm sure it was very messy. There, because you're a little bit of an expert in reality shows. What was? Wasn't there a meetup for some reality show where somebody threw a chair? I uh, I, I, <laughs> I remember this. This sounds like it so might be a clearly. housewife's thing. Maybe was it a? You know what I feel like oddly enough, it had to do with Flavor Flav. Oh, okay. That dating show. I feel like somebody threw a chair at the that reunion ending. <laughs> I know a chair was thrown, and I remember being like, "Yes, probably, this. probably yes, yeah. some some MTV VH1 uh, really, show. Pro- proper trash TV. Mm-hmm. That was like proper trash TV. Love is Blind. I feel like has still like its moments where it's like not like on that local. It's not trash TV. It's reality TV. Yeah, there's there's a pro- a good balance between trash and like class. Yeah, all the VH1 dating shows absolutely trash. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no one's finding actual love out of those. Mm-mm. Somebody's getting chairs or drinks thrown at them. I'm mm-hmm. always I am always partial to seeing somebody get a drink thrown in their face. I don't know why. I think it's hilarious and I love it. It's always a good moment because you know they're not like getting hurt, and but it's just getting a drink thrown in your face is just such a shameful thing to happen. <laughs> it really is, and you just you just stand there and just you have to take it because like you just got a drink toss at you. You could do. I'm sure you could react in a certain way or like throw the drink back, but it's still like you were the first one hit, right? <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> on you that know, note, what's not shameful. You know, what's not trashy <laughs> singing in the rain. <laughs> yes. We are talking about the 1952 musical starring Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor and Debbie Reynolds about a silent film star who falls for a chorus girl, just as he and his delusionally jealous screen partner are trying to make the difficult transition to talking pictures in 1920s Hollywood. Now we, you know, I, I don't know how uh, we decided this this came about. I think we we just decided. Was this your suggestion, Alex? Yes. Yes. And because uh, I wanted to do more musicals. Yeah. I wanted to review a musical, and I'm always partial to Singing in the Rain because a lot of older films, quite have a lot of racism misogynistic or you know homophobic or something like that i rarely find that in singing in the rain which is very nice it's a nice film to just able to watch and not being like oh gotta remember it was a period of time that was different and that <laughs> crap was acceptable no this isn't really all that except for like one scene that i didn't remember and then i kind of found and i was like oh <laughs> that wasn't great <laughs> Yeah, Singing in the Rain is just a joy. This Singing in the Rain is one of my favorite musicals. Um, I remember in fifth grade, we watched the movie and then 
and that was kind of in preparation for us to watch the musical live on stage. And so we went and saw the musical live and that was amazing as well. I think it was at the Fifth Avenue. And um, and then in college, I had a film class and this was one of the movies on the list to watch. So getting to watch that again was a joy as well. And so I, it's been a minute since I've seen it. I haven't seen it in about like 10 years since my freshman year. That's, oh, that's, that's weird to think about. College was 10 years. That's- okay. Okay. I know how I'm feeling. <laughs> um, uh, I would love to see it live. I've never seen Singing in the Rain live. I think that would be so much fun. Yes, they should bring it. I don't know if it's um, playing anywhere that they're planning on touring, but hey, we we should go. If, if Take a little road trip. Let's go find Singing in the Rain. Yes. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Yes. Um, but... Some of the actors in Singing in the Rain was uh, Gene Kelly. He played Don Lockwood. Donald O'Connor, Cosmo Brown. Debbie Reynolds. Kathy Selden. Gene Hagen was Lena Lamont. Millard Millard Mitchell. R.F. Simpson. And then uh, a couple other people are listed, but they're more like the background actors. Yeah, um, including Rita Moreno, which I didn't realize that oh, she was in this, in this movie like and i didn't even I, I think she had a very small part because i don't remember her even watching watching it now um i remember her only I, the only time i saw her or at least i think i saw her uh was when lamont um found out that kathy was like doing her scenes or the voiceover for it and she was like right next to her, being like, "Oh yeah, I told her everything." Oh, that's right. That was that it. was her that's only time. That was her. That was it. Wow. Because they called her Zelda, and I only. That's why I'm like, oh yeah, that was Zelda. They had mentioned Zelda multiple times throughout the movie because originally they were going to get Kathy to play Zelda's younger sister. Hmm. Um, but I don't think she ever popped up until that moment. Wow. She probably played in the actual, like, their movie. She probably played a character in that film. Mm-hmm. She was probably there. But I don't, yeah, I don't remember that too much either. And fun fact, Rita Moreno is the last surviving cast member from this film. How is that a fun fact? I mean, <laughs> it's, sorry, interesting fact. Interesting. <laughs> interesting fact. All her friends are dead. Oh god. Um what did you what did you think of the film? Cuz now it's in Technicolor. Yes. And I feel like so I I I'm assuming you watch this on HBO Max as well. Mm-hmm. And HBO Max I feel like they, you know, upgraded. They did some editing with the color as well because it looked so good. Like it looked like something that you could have made nowadays, um, say for a few adjustments, something that that looks like it could have been, you know, shot nowadays uh, that take just takes place in like the nineteen twenties. Yeah, I could see that because, um, and they weren't well, except for like there was one scene I was really tripping on. Um, was right before they were going to talk to Kathy or uh, kind of request for her to be in the movie. They have this whole dance sequence with all these people and they have like these toy soldiers kind of going on. And this guy with like his horn, I was like, there's a very glittery background and things just look really trippy to me. Yes. And I was like, I think this would have looked more normal in black and white because they needed to add those vibrant colors to make it, more pop in black mm-hmm. and white, but like with techno color or with normal color, it was very like, oh, you look like you wrapped the studio in like glittery wrapping paper or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. I don't know what's going on, but like, I think that's the only part where I was like, that color doesn't really work with the movie. Everything else was like fine and beautiful and like 
their outfits just were so gorgeous in the colors when they were be- revealed. Mm-hmm. And the costume design for this movie was insane. The costumes, the that you mentioned the dance sequence uh, towards the end where you know Don is showing his vision for what could happen in the movie. Oh my gosh, I do not remember. I was enthralled. Uh, I do not remember it being so like visually stimulating, so like just magical. And you could tell that all of that was like shot within this. You could tell that the whole movie was really shot on a soundstage, like in the studio. Um, But that part, especially when you have him and the woman dancer who's dancing and you have the, the flowy part of the dress in the background and it's like a pink like sunset sky yeah. or whatever oh my gosh that was so beautiful and yeah i just loved every moment of that dance sequence part i will say with the dance sequences i did enjoy them but i forgot how long they they ran <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it took away or I was like, oh, I can't believe it's running this. I just forgot how long the non-singing, just the dancing part was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're still going. Like with the good morning. Is it good morning? Yes. Good morning. Yeah, good, good morning. morning. They spent like two minutes just tap dancing. <laughs> just straight up tap dancing between <laughs> verses. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, but they're showing off like this amazing skill, so it's not like I was like bummed or anything. Mm-hmm. Their talent, their dancing talent. I would, I have no coordination whatsoever. And this was apparently the first time Debbie Reynolds had ever danced in a film. Really? Yeah, this was her first time ever dancing in a film. She had never danced before, and I was like, "That's insane." Yes. I walked into a door at work and <laughs> I got cut a little bit, but like these are all like just able to do such amazing things it's it's so cool to see that it was amazing that was shown in this film yes and it just brings me back to like it the thought that when you watch this you're like wow were people more talented back then than they are now (laughs) and that's definitely like not the case i giving credit to both back then and today but back then you couldn't really rely on camera angles, special effects. Um, I feel like in in today's Hollywood, sometimes it is more of like, okay, who fits the look of this character rather than do they have all of the right skill sets? Um, but back then, you know, even though it definitely was some of that, um, a lot of it was like, you know, you got to be a triple threat. Otherwise, you ain't going to make it in Hollywood. Um, and this kind of showcases a part of that. I think that's what it was. I think in like just this film alone, we got to see somebody being able to sing, somebody being able to dance, them acting. There were funny moments. There were stunt performances like uh, with Donald O'Connor uh, as Cosmo going through the wall, him having to be hospitalized because they had to retake it. Like all this stuff is going on in one film. When you have like films today, it's not that actors are less talented it's just that they're like you oh you're only dramatic that's it mm-hmm. you can't have the one-liners you can't be funny there's no singing there's no dancing so you get stuck in like one role and then the next one though it's like oh it's comedy you can't have the serious moments because you're the comedy relief and stuff like that so i feel like that's why it almost feels like actors aren't as talented almost as the one because they're not able to showcase as much as their talent in one film as like I feel like actors were back in the day, because you really did have to be a triple threat, right? Especially around the nineteen fifties, where dancing and singing was such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Donald O'Connor, I feel like he carried a lot of this film as Cosmo. Oh my gosh! I forgot how funny he was. He was I, like I throughout the whole film, I was like in love with him. Funny, He's so fantastic, charismatic, uh, a an excellent excellent dancer um acrobat he was doing like acrobatic stuff at at points he played multiple instruments uh like you can't you can't get more more talented than that um yeah funny like you mentioned 
the uh, like make them laugh. Obviously, the the iconic number. Um, just the fact that it felt like it was like a one shot take. I'm sure it was like split up at points, but uh, the endurance that he had during that whole thing, and the 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 thing that I remember most of that number is him uh, doing the backflip on the wall. Um, I remember I, that was that's one of the memorable things from the musical as well. They kept that in the the like the stage version of the musical, the backflip on the wall too. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it's when he went through the wall that he had to be hospitalized because they didn't do it right. Wow, I didn't um, know that. And they had to they had to redo it. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I remembered him very rarely, but everybody was always talking about Gene Kelly and Denny uh, Debbie Reynolds. Which, absolutely fair enough, they're both amazingly talented actors, but like when I saw Donald O'Connor as Cosmo, I was like, Cosmo's just funny too, because he plays the best friend character so well, as well, because like he was never like, you never felt, like, again, like the comedy relief best friend character in a lot of these shows and movies today, you always feel like they're very easily brushed off. Like, oh, they're just there to be the confidant. Oh, they're just there to kind of take the hits and keep rolling. But, like, Cosmo in this movie was, like, listened to. He was respected. You know, he was never talked down to or belittled. And when they were having these big moment ideas, they're like, well, you're involved. Clearly you're involved. You're going to be involved. Like, when uh, they were switching to sound and he's like, well, I'm out of a job. They're like, no, no, no. We want you head of the music department. He's like, okay, great. I'm coming back. (laughs) And he's like, at a raise, of course. Right. And I was like, that's a smooth way to do it. it you didn't go into like, oh, man, I'm out of job. Or like doing it. It was a very smooth transition where he kept light. And it was like, oh, you felt like you were always involved. Nobody was ever pushing you aside. They were like, no, you're going to be here, man. Relax. Right. Yeah. So I really loved his character. And then going on to... Gene Kelly's character uh, Don, I really like how he respected both the both the characters in the movie. He was never misogynistic towards Debbie Reynolds' character Kathy, um, and he was never belittling of his best friend, being like, "Well, I'm the great actor." He's like, "Eh," he's like, "I'm okay." Mm-hmm. Even he was quite humble of himself, right? Eventually, right. <laughs> there, there were moments where he was, especially at the beginning, when uh, he accidentally falls into Kathy's car. And yeah, it's like, she has a right to be scared. This dude just like hopped into her car and he's like getting upset at her for being upset. <laughs> he's like, calm down, calm down. She's like, no, I've seen you places. <laughs> and I was like, I love that. That scene made me laugh. So uh, from the start of it, because when they walk out of the theater and the fans surround him, one, he tells Cosmo, call me a cab. And he's like, all right, you're a cab. <laughs> like, no way does he try to help his friend who's literally getting torn apart. And then he has these fans that are literally tearing off his clothes. And I'm like, oh, my God. I forgot this. Like, I forgot a lot of good scenes. I remember the musical parts. But I forgot a lot of just the funny scenes that were happening here. And then when he falls into Kathy's car and Kathy's like, I've seen you at the post office with the big numbers. And he's like, no, I'm not. (laughs) And then she calls the officer and he's like, Hey, you're Don Lockwood. And she's like, Oh, that explains why I've seen him. (laughs) But yeah, that, that had to be one of my, my most favorite scenes just at that beginning, because you have Cosmo being stupid and funny and being like, yeah, all right, good. Let, let the fans tear you apart. You'll figure it out. I don't need to get my hands dirty. Right. He's like, not my monkey, not my circus. (laughs) And just props to Gene Kelly. Like he, if you don't, everyone knows who Gene Kelly is, but the amount of talent that he has is immeasurable. Um, and this is basically his his film because he directed it. Um, he helped like create the concept. I think he helped. Maybe he didn't help write it, but um, this film is his child. And uh, yeah, just the amount of talent that he showcases in it is immeasurable. Uh, the fact that he was either 40 or almost 40 when he filmed this. Um, and I'm not, I'm not near 40, 
and my knees <laughs> could not be oh, doing man, the I things. I played golf and I'm like still in pain two days later. <laughs> That's just hitting a ball for me. I can't imagine doing everything. I was, I, I've told this story before. Uh, I, I'm a very much, a, I'm a climber and I'm fine climbing up things. Now in my older years, I'm scared of jumping off things, however. And I had climbed onto my sister's dryer to help her fix something. And I just jumped up and I was fine. But the coming down part was terrifying. So I turned into like a stiff board and just slowly slid off the dryer. It was the most embarrassing thing I have done in a while. (laughs) It was ridiculous about how scared. And this man is just leaping off of things constantly. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has enough faith in his partners as well as himself to be able to do that skill. And it's it's pretty amazing, the confidence he does have. I do know, for Singing in the Rain, uh, I did read that they had actually created the mu- or the songs beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so they fit the movie for the songs. Instead. Which is... So, which I don't I'm, know, did he write any songs? Um, I'm not sure. But which it it is a uh, it is a testament to the songs because each song in the movie is has gone on to be legendary, iconic. Like everybody knows these songs. Even if you've never seen Singing in the Rain, like the whole movie, you know the songs that are in this movie. You know Good Morning. You know Make Them Laugh. You know Singing in the Rain. Um, so. It was a good move to make the songs before the movie and just tie it together. I feel like MGM really had like a strong hold on cinema during that time frame because they were producing so many musicals. I think they were one of the first few studios to do sound as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who started with color in movies. I don't know that. But every time I see an G- MGM thing or something like that. I'm like, and it's from a certain time period. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Again, whether it's going to be slightly uh, offensive is a whole different story, but usually the plots are pretty good and solid. Right. The scene I was talking about that was slightly racist, and I don't know if you caught this because I barely caught it. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah. When they were walking through the studio? Where they were walking past all the sets? Or what part are you to? Wait, Mine was... You... Go ahead. Sorry. Mine was um, when they first, before, it was right before Make Them Laugh, and they're walking past all the different sets, because back then you didn't have to be quiet because everything was a silent film. Right. So the first set they walk past uh, is like a tribe dancing around a giant cauldron. Yes, yes. And then I was like, okay, all right, I'm not liking it, but like, all right. And then, I don't know if you noticed the guy sitting down. Was a white guy painted with really dark skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I'm not liking this, but like he did it. It was it was it was racist, but I'm like he didn't uh, say anything racist. I'm like I like I have a I have like this weird like spectrum where I'm like, okay, how racist is it? <laughs> Next game show. How racist is it? How racist is it? Can I continue the film? Or is this something where I'm going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it was enough for me to continue the film. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, I just, I, I loved watching this. The, the, um, the feeling that it brought me after watching this movie was like, I just want to. I just want to be in a musical right now. I just want to be right. in that world. I was absolutely dancing around my apartment. Right? I was absolutely just moving around. And now... It, it's fun. Yeah. Now I want to watch some of the other, um, like, American in Paris. Because uh, I've never... Oh, I watched that. Yeah, you, I went did, on a little, like, yeah. Because I was trying to find more. I was like, I like this. I'm going to keep this vibe going. Mm-hmm. I watched American in Paris. Very good film. Great musical numbers again. There is, however, the scene nearing the end with Gene Kelly, where I'm gonna, I'm just gonna come out and say it. It's gonna not sound great, but this is what he reminded me of in the outfit he was wearing. He looked like sperm. <laughs> and let me, let me explain. I, I let me was explain. not let expecting me explain. that. Oh my! God. I know, but let me explain. He's wearing 
this like white hat and I think it's supposed to be like a beret. It's a white beret. And he's wearing a white shirt, a long sleeved white shirt. And then he's just wearing long white pants with white shoes. <laughs> and with the and with the hat, it flattens his head and it makes it very round. I was like, if he just stood there and wiggled. <laughs> oh my he would look, god. He would look like a cartoon version of what people say sperm a sperm looks like. I'm just I know it doesn't sound great, but like I saw that and that's all I thought about while watching him do that scene. Which great. I was like, now when I watch like it. <laughs> he looks like it. Watch it and tell me he does not look like it. Okay. He there's like no it's not that he looks like a martial artist. No, that's like that's it. <laughs> that's it. I I like Gene Kelly. I respect him. I think he does amazing work. He's extremely talented, can do more than I could ever do. Um but he does look like a sperm in American American in Paris at the end. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, I think you should. I was trying to I was trying to find some other musicals. There's not too many on HBO Max. HBO Max. Um I do wanna watch if you I go haven't to the... seen Meet Me in St. Louis. Mm, me neither, I don't think. Uh, if you go to, there's like the uh, the TCM channel, like Turner Classic Movies. Um, I know they have, they, they might have an app or something uh, where you can watch a lot of the old films. I When they were referencing in the movie, the jazz singer, I'm like, hey, I know a little bit about the history. Because when I worked for Warner Brothers, um, that was one of the things that we had to mention on tour. That the jazz singer, it was the first ever talkie film. Uh, and it was cool to kind of see them be like, okay, Warner Brothers did this, and now we got to get on the talkie train. So how are we going to make this talkie film? I like that they didn't belittle the film. Mm-hmm. They never yeah. Like, oh, they were like, well, they did it, and we're like, well, yeah, it's a good film. They're like, they want more films like that because it's great. Well, do they want more films like that, or do they want talkie films? No, they want more films like the jazz band. And I was like, oh, so they're like kind of in a weird way respecting their competitors, being like, we don't like that you did this, but like, we're going to acknowledge that it it was the first talkie film and it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the guy at the beginning did that like small screening of his private like own talkie film, they zoomed in so close to that man's face. <laughs> I like... And like with the color, his teeth, it bothered me. It bothered me for like a solid couple minutes. Um, His teeth were so yellow. <laughs> I forget because like people smoked and drank so much back then, constantly, how yellow people's teeth were. Mm-hmm. This black and white film made sure you didn't notice that. But nope, everybody's teeth were very yellow back then. Yeah. Yeah. Bothersome to me. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I feel mean, but like, <laughs> I know, like, if you're going to be that close to a person's face, exactly, like, I'm going to pick part stuff. But um, I also really liked the introduction of the talk about how it was about the talkie films. Mm-hmm. When did Jazzman come out? When did the. Uh, so uh, the Jazz Singer came out in uh, 19. Oh, geez. Let me see if I'm up on my history. Uh, 19. 19- 20. Let's see if I'm right. It's been over a year since I've done a t- since I've done a tour. Come on. 1928. Sorry. 1928. 1928. That's that's my final answer. I do not have it. I thought I did. Huh. Let's see. I feel like I have a DVD player. I'm gonna go try to buy musicals. Jasmine came out in nine. Nope. Nope. That is a song. Oh, okay. Jazz singer, nineteen twenty-seven. Okay, I was a year off. It's a jazz singer. Yeah, the jazz singer. Oh, I kept saying jazz man. It's jazz singer. That looks like they redid it in 1980. Yeah, and 1952. 
There was, yeah, after 1927, and there was a 1952 theatrical adaption, a 1959 television adaption, and then 1980. Oh, it was produced by Paramount, so it might be on Paramount, at least the 1980 version. Mm. 1927. I wonder where that is. Well, it might be on, uh, the original might be on HBO Max, because Warner Brothers, HBO. Who knows what's on HBO Max now? Right. You really just appara- got a hit and miss with it. And and a- apparently, uh, in the future, they're removing the HBO part of HBO Max. So it's just going to be called Max because uh, of like Warner Brothers Discovery and yeah, like Discovery Channel is getting moved to it. So yeah, <laughs> the eye roll. It's just, it's just one of those like. I don't know what they want to do with stuff, but they need to stop. People just need to stop <laughs> once in a while. Which is very tiring. Yes. I just want to watch Singing in the Rain. Uh, I actually might rewatch it in black and white. Because although the colors are really pretty and vibrant, I do enjoy watching black and white films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I blame it, one, on my mom and then on TV Land. Because I used to watch so many movies on TV Land. Uh, I remember TV remember Land. That? Oh my god! I wonder if it's still a station or it's still maybe I don't know. Although the the color helped me realize how blue Donald O'Connor's eyes are. Yeah, they were very blue. Very blue. I thought Gene Kelly's eyes were supposed to be blue, but Donald Donald O'Connor's eyes were like blue. Yeah. Um. So I was amazed by that. It didn't even look real at times. I'm like, what? <laughs> so uh, TV like, Land's still kicking. And now they have two channels, TV Land Drama and TV Land Sitcoms. We're launched on Pluto TV. Oh, so they're both on Pluto. Pluto. Plu- Plu- what's a Pluto? Ha! Plu- you sound like me. <laughs> they're lo- they were uh, both launched on Pluto TV. Why do I keep saying Pluto? Pluto. Oh, my gosh. Because you don't have Jerome yelling at you to correct your words. <laughs> Uh, I, that's actually where I watch uh, Some Like It Hot. I love that film. Oh, okay. I think a lot of films, the old, the old films, don't get so much credit nowadays, and they really should. They're so they're good films. There's a reason they're classics. Yeah, I wanna I wanna uh, uh, go into some of the uh, Alfred Hitchcock films, uh, other than like Psycho, The Birds. I've watched. Uh, what was the Albert Hitchcock movie? Um, Vertigo? Vertigo's a good one. Maybe it was... Or it was... Um, This is going to bug me okay. now, so I'm going to have to look it up. Um, uh, number 13, Pleasure Garden, The Lodger, Downhill, Farmer's Wife, Blackmail. 39 steps. Wow, he did a lot. He did I a Mr. and Mrs. Smith? That. Yeah, that was the original. Wow, I didn't know He directed. That. He did not produce or write it. He just directed. Uh, um, maybe it was North by Northwest. I know that's... What a, is... Are you thinking of? Huh? What are you thinking of? Or maybe it was Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, it was a movie I watched. It was another one of the. Uh, it was a movie I, I think I watched in college, um, and that I was like, "Oh, this is a this is a great Alfred Hitchcock film," um, but I don't remember what it was. Or maybe it was Notorious. It could have been all these. What it was? It was great. I don't know. Remember anything? Like my name, or I just know it was Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I'll watch anything besides the birds. I'm not cool with that. Oh, you you're not you're not a fan of the birds. No. I am not a fan of the birds, no. No. You can blame my mother for that. Don't let children under one watch horror films. It messes with them. Wow. I'm still scared of seagulls at times. <laughs> I'm fine if there's one seagull, but if I see a group of them, I'm hiding behind somebody. I'm going to okay. admit that right now. Group of seagulls is not okay. <laughs> I don't know why they call group of crows a murder. It should be seagulls. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about? This, yes, we I older films. Older yes. films. Um this they is, I, are they should get a little more T 
TV time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. You know, us having like we did with our cartoon retrospective. I wouldn't mind us having just like doing a series where we just watch old films, classic movies. I'd always be down for that yeah. because and another thing with the old, old films is that they were the original ideas. Those were the first ones. They were the ones that first brought books to the movie screen and things like that. And because a lot of the writers had were able to have a little more input than they do nowadays. Nowadays, things are so controlled by the studios. Mm-hmm. And I get it. They want to make something that's going to, you know, make money. I think it's very rare nowadays to see passion projects. Yeah. And when you do, you just know when certain passion projects have been like too many fingers have been dipped in. Like with Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly, you could really see he put everything into it. The fact that he wanted songs and then a story, he was more focused on songs, the choreography, everything like that. And I watched a little interview with Donald O'Connor where he was talking about working with Gene Kelly and he was talking about how great it was and everything and how originally he was worried about dancing uh, alongside Gene Kelly. And Gene Kelly was like, oh, we, we both grew up on stage. We have untraditional like dance training because they didn't go through the proper channels. They were kid actors and they grew up in it and were kind of just taught on set. And Donald, O'Con- Donald O'Connor said something about how most dancers will turn to the right. You always go to the right when you turn or dance or things like that. He's like, but I go to my left. And he was like, I'm very worried about that because I have to have a couple scenes where he's like me and Gene Kelly are like right on top of each other. And if we're not coordinated, somebody's going to get hurt or the scene's going to go back. So he's like on the first day of shooting, I think um, he was going to ask Gene Kelly, hey, which way do you turn? And he's like, at the same time, Gene Kelly was asking me the same question which way do you turn? And he's like left. And Gene Kelly's like, perfect. I go left too. And he's like, that's why the dance sequences or the routines or choreography work so well for us because we were able to be in sync because we turned the same way. We were able to follow each other's steps and everything was so coordinated. And that way, that's another thing where you can see probably Gene Kelly either saw that or like noticed that, or he just watched, you know, Donald Connors work and was like, yeah, that guy would be probably great for this. And just like the way you said earlier, when you said earlier, how like people are like, oh, this fits the role in more of a look than actual like skill. Mm-hmm. And I feel like back then they really did go for skill a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I love yeah, like interviews like that, like hearing about the history of how something came about that was produced that long ago um because back then there were so many politics in becoming making stars uh becoming a star um back then you actually had contracts where you would be you would like be not tied down but you would be contracted to a studio um Whereas nowadays it's it's like you can work with any studio you want. Um, and it's more like on a project by project basis. But back then it was like, okay, you're going to be with us for, you're going to be sign a five-year contract and you're going to make this many movies in those five years. So um, back then it was kind of like the studio produced the star rather than just the star becoming like a, a, a star based on how much, you know, fan. Yeah. They have. Which, which exactly is what they had for the main care or for Don Lockwood and Lamont. It was Don, Lo- it was Lamont and Lockwood. Mm-hmm. The studio had De- Lamont. Yeah. Those two. And then I think there's another portion nearing the end, right before they embarrassed the female lead Lamont <laughs> when they open up. <laughs> I like how all of them had the same thought where they're like, yeah, let's just open up the drapes. Um, she mentions about how Kathy has signed a contract mm-hmm. for five years. And she's like, it doesn't matter if you want to do it or not. You sign that contract. They tell you to do something. You do it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so, yeah, it was it was more that you got that contract or like you had to produce this many films with us before you're able to work with any other studio. Exactly. 
And so that that's like the politics of it all. I don't know if it's it's probably better that it's not that way. That way, like the actor has more free will. Um, they can do whatever they want. But also, I feel like that's that's kind of also why it's harder for actors nowadays to sustain, you know, popularity because you could have one hit movie and then no one ever hears from you ever again after that. Whereas back then, the studio like put so much money into you that they needed you to be a star. Yeah, they're like, you're we have you for five years. We're using you for five mm-hmm. years. Exactly. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, really not weird, a little strange to be contracted with one studio for so many years. I feel like maybe if like, oh, I'm contracted for like maybe five films or something like that, or like a total amount of projects. But for like years, something about it feels very like locked in. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like certain projects, as well, at least back then, because films were like, what, an hour, 45 minutes, 90 minutes at most? Yeah. Nowadays, they're like four hours. They take like almost two years to film at times. Uh, you could probably do 30 projects in like less than five years. Back then, yeah. Time. Yeah. That would, I think that's why I feel like it's less restrictive. But like nowadays, if somebody does that, I was like, yeah, if you do a five year contract with one studio, what, you get, you get two projects? Two movies, yeah. <laughs> you get two movies, you're free, you're good. <laughs> um, but like five years, somebody could really squeeze a lot out of you. Yeah. Um, I do like how they bring that up in the actual film too. Mm-hmm. They're all contracted because, like, when they mentioned, like, when I mentioned how Cosmo was like, "Great, I'm out of a job and everything," and they're like, "No, you're staying." It means that he wasn't contracted. Yeah, I guess. Does not. that so that means he because was, he yeah because he, he was just a small part of it, not small, but he wasn't as big as the you know main stars you could unfortunately get any other piano player right right (laughs) but uh yeah and then they're like oh we want you to be the head of the music department he's like all right i'll do i'll come back with a raise (laughs) i also just like how he slipped that in there he was like Mm. i'll come back with a raise yeah that's great (laughs) that's how you do it get get that money uh but that ending scene was one of my favorite so great because again I tell you, Cosmo, like, he really stole the show for me this time around. Mm-hmm. And it may be because I will, I'm going to be honest, actually, I mentioned it on the couple TikToks I did while watching the film. Uh, I was a little under the influence, <laughs> which was, I think, why that, like, scene that with the toy soldiers and the guy with the horn and the glittery background kind of tripped me out. I was like, I don't remember this and I don't like it. <laughs> um got me so much but he was just so funny throughout the whole film every time he was on screen i was just having the best time and i think he's so underrated and i do want to watch more films with him i've seen quite a few films with gene kelly uh i haven't seen too many with debbie reynolds i've seen a few, halloween but, town um, absolutely <laughs> absolutely one of her top roles exactly and halloween town too yes <laughs> oh my god I remember watching Halloween Town for the first time. I feel old. <laughs> we're movie, we're reviewing movies that are far much far before than us. our time. Yeah, and then we'll say a movie that's like more our time range. Time range, and then I'm like, oh, that makes me feel old. That's the part that makes me feel old. <laughs> Halloween Town though was great. If you guys haven't seen Halloween Town, it is on Disney Channel Plus or Disney Plus. It is great. It stars the lovely Debbie Reynolds. And I think she does have a music sequence in there. She has a song in there. Oh, because she... you can't... Yeah, because her voice is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think the thing I like about Debbie Reynolds' singing voice is that it's not high. It's not a high-pitched voice. Yeah, it's quite low. It, it is quite low, and I like that because I have a deeper voice. And it's nice to hear somebody, especially that time frame too because there's like a weird i guess kind of thought where you're like the women were like higher voice and like more delicate sounding like kind of like that but like when you watch actresses like debbie reynolds you're like oh no they had a very like what sounds like an average singing voice or like average tone it's absolutely not average because she still hit notes and everything and 
saying more beautifully than I could ever imagine. I mean, <laughs> I if you ever, I mean, Cheddar puts his little airplane ears on ever when I sing, so <laughs> I know where my skill levels are. I have uh, no false thoughts about that. But like hearing somebody who's at least around my tone is is great to hear. And I feel like nowadays, I the singers sing again very well, but they're just so high up. So even when I'm singing in the car, I can't match that. It hurts. <laughs> um, but I do want to watch more films with Debbie Reynolds and definitely Donald O'Connor. I think his dancing was amazing and his singing was really good. And I would love to see. I feel like he was really underrated in this film. I would love to see more of him. And Gene Kelly, like I said, go watch American in Paris and tell me he doesn't look like a sperm. I'm going to try watching... Uh, I'm going to skip over that part. Uh, I'm going to try watching uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. And I believe that has uh, Audrey Hepburn? No, no, no. Catherine Hepburn? Maybe Maybe Catherine Hepburn. Let's see. Were they related? Yeah, right. They were not. No? They had no relation. I literally found this out like a year ago. Audrey Hepburn and Catherine Hepburn were not. I thought they were mother and daughter for the longest time, but they had no relation. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with Judy Garland. Meet oh. me in St. Louis. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I want uh, to re. I want to rewatch A Star Is Born with Judy Garland. I've seen that, like the original Star Is Born. Um, I've seen that, and I I really loved it. Is it on HBO Max? I saw it somewhere where I actually saw like the original, the remake, and then the third remake. There's probably all all of the versions like uh are probably on H- HBO Max because um, Warner Brothers did do that. Uh let's see. This is <laughs> this is this episode oh is God. just us Googling old movies. Uh, yes, it is on H- by Google. It is on HBO Max. Okay, my God, the one with Bradley Cooper came out in two thousand and eighteen. Now, yeah, and Lady Gaga. Yeah. Did you know Beyonce was supposed to be in that one? It I was. I don't think Beyonce can respectfully humble herself enough to play a star is born I, type of character. Look, I'm just going to pass over that before the beehive comes no, after. No, no, she, I'm just saying she knows her worth. She's gone through what she's gone through. Like people say Beyonce's internet, like I'm like messing with it. I'm just, trying. and like, how do you like go from Beyonce's internet to like, Try to be like a star is born where the actress is supposed to be like down on her luck, nothing, everything to be risen up again. Like she can't. <laughs> well, I would have said the same about uh Lady Gaga, but she killed that role. Um, but it was supposed to be it was gonna be originally directed by Clint Eastwood, and Beyonce was gonna star in it, and they were still thinking of who was gonna be the male lead, and I think Will Smith was attached at one point. Um I don't know. And uh, other pe- other people First were attested. Clint Eastwood one. working on a project with Beyonce it just sounds like a sounds like a Mad Lib. They were, <laughs> but they were they were uh, in discussions to star and direct. It's a weird but combination, it did, and it, honestly, it sounds like a Mad Lib. <laughs> I think it didn't work out because of scheduling, but but then they. Maybe the Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper version. Um, anything else about Singing in the Rain? I just really enjoyed it. Yes, same. Um, I learned... I'm trying to read some stuff on it. Um, I'm just, again, I go, just... It was just a good film. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoyed how it was not as problematic as coming into today's world as a lot of films from that time period would be. 
there's not a lot of horrifying other than of course donald o'connor being hospitalized there's not a lot of horror stories behind it either like unfortunately with wizard of oz how horribly judy garland was treated um and you hear about all these older movies about how like the women were treated or how staff had a really bad drug problem with something you don't hear that with singing in the rain it sounds like it stayed pretty professional too so you don't have this moment where you're like, I really enjoyed this, and then learn something about its past and being like, Ugh, why? <laughs> why can't I just enjoy the film, man? <laughs> now you got my moral compass spinning, and I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> um, but, and I really just... The Good Morning song and the Moses Supposes uh, sequence are, like, my favorite. Moses Supposes, I forgot how good that was and how insanely talented you have to be to be able to do those like limericks mm-hmm. and they did it so well and then along with their dancing and them being so gene kelly and donald connor being so i know they people talk a lot about like the female lead and then the male lead how they have to be so working well together craft and how they have to have so much trust in their partner but Gene Kelly and Donald Donald O'Connor have to have a lot of trust in each other because they did a lot of dance sequences together. And they had a lot of scenes where they were this... He was right. They were, like, very on top of each other. Like, the scene where they were both playing the violin. Mm-hmm. And their, like, arms were linked. And I was like... And he's basically cradling Gene Kelly against his chest <laughs> as he's playing the violin over him. So I was like, that's really cool. And like, you do have to have a lot of faith in your partner when you're doing these dances because you can twist your ankle. You can break your ankle. You can fall and hurt yourself so badly. I mean, dancing is such a skill that you can have very little of or you can have a lot of, but it is still a skill, an amazing ability that people have, you know, these people had gone from professional training to non-traditional training, which... They both commented on and the fact that a lot of these people in this film didn't have the full professional. They didn't, you know, study ballet or things like that. These are people who learned it on set or for this film. It was That's a pretty amazing thing to see. And having this iconic film last so long is is really incredible and shows that films can still be very unique if you allow them to be. And if you allow people to show all their skills almost at once. Or at least allow them to have, allow them to express at least more than one. Yeah. Not just like drama, not just comedy. This was able to be a little bit of both. Because you also had scenes where uh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, she was crying. She was being dramatic. And she was, she did so well at it. When she was hurt, because they were like, oh, you're going to go sing behind the curtain. She was hurt. And you could see the hurt on her face. And she was expressive, even though. During the most of the film, she was happy and smiling and showing like, hey, I'm being supportive. She was able to shift so quickly and be like, oh, yeah, I'm in in pain. You hurt me. And then when she's trying to run away, she turns back and then she has the glistening tears, of course, Mm -hmm. that are perfectly placed. Right. I'm like, those were definitely like eye drops or like (laughs) something. They had an extra probably. They like turn the camera to Gene Kelly and they're like, okay, put it on her face real quick. Uh Uh-huh. she did that so well, and like her, she was able to have such a range in this film, and I think I think actors should be allowed to have that more nowadays. Mm-hmm. They don't get to have the full range like they did. I feel like back then, I it's like yeah, it makes for much better films. Yeah, the talent. The oh yeah, the absolute talent. talent. I would love to see this at a drive-in too. Oh, I'm looking at one of the fun. old posters and it says drive-in. Oh, really? I think, yeah, I think that would be so cool. That would be fun. Well, what would you grade Scene in the Rain? I'll give it an A. Mm-hmm. I still fall in love with all the characters. And yeah, I can't. Other than that one, you know, sketchy bit. Uh, I can't really find too much wrong with the film. And just, you know, the songs make you want to get up and just, you know, dance with it. Mm-hmm. What about you? I agree. It'll be an A from me. I love this movie. It makes me want to watch the stage show again. 
and it makes me want to just I I want to be a part of a musical. Uh, I want to watch more of these old musicals. I want to watch more old films. Um, yeah, I love I love singing in the rain. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. Which was your favorite song before we leave? Uh, between "Make Them Laugh" and, of course, "Singing in the Rain," but I also loved uh, the Broadway musical number. Like, even though there's no, there's barely any singing in it. It's uh, except "Gotta Dance." That's about it. But <laughs> that is a good one. Uh-huh. I. That one had a lot of color, but it wasn't overstimulating like that other scene I was talking about. They use the color. I loved how much they use yellow in this film. Mm. Before we leave, I'm gonna I want to talk about that. the yellow and the green, and I'm sure in black and white it helped it make it appear more popping. But when you put in the technicolor, it's still beautiful. It's still gorgeous. The yellows and the greens they use because it was never like a mustard yellow or like. It, it gross yellow it was beautiful it was vibrant it was like sunflower yellow or sunshine yellow it was gorgeous and the greens they used it just made everything pretty mm-hmm. when it came into color um i really i'm really partial to good morning and then just moses supposes because mm. that was just a silly part and you're there wasn't a lot of singing in that one there was a lot more dancing but uh yeah moses supposes was one of my i think favorites yeah all right well, so i guess that concludes it yes I, we have to just go watch more of these we I, like, I guess we just have to now we found a bunch to already watch in this episode right so I guess we have literally to do another one <laughs> so we'll be back with another retro review of a classic film and i think it would be cool to do films that not necessarily a lot of people know about too not just like the classic ones that that that, you know you know of but um maybe some of the more obscure ones too oh we should do pillow talk uh i I forget the actor in it but it's about the time it's around the time period where people actually had to share uh landlines Mm. i don't think a lot of people when landlines were still building up and you actually shared a phone number with somebody else and you were like all right i use the phone from this time to this time and you use it from this time to this time. Oh, nice. I'll put more description later. But okay. um, yeah, <laughs> there's like movies like that where they're just not as popular. Right, right. Because I have, maybe I've heard of it, but I've, I've definitely never seen that movie. So yeah. Uh, well, Alex, socials. Where can people find you? You can find me at Alex and Nobody on Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, TikTok, the first ones to die is where I will post little clips of the episodes aired. What we may be reviewing next, what I have been watching, you can hear me laugh like an idiot. And my last one over a Phineas and Ferb scene, I really lost it. It's so funny. I don't know what my problem was at that moment, but you know, just join me for a good laugh here. Our, our retro review got you watching Phineas and Ferb. I just kept going with it, and then I'm like, this is stupid, but it's so much fun. Uh, just watching old TV now. Um, and you can head over to The First Ones to Die on the YouTube channel, where we post little book reviews, mini reviews, all the podcasts, video versions, and other things we may be doing as well. Maybe some classic uh, reviews will pop up here and there on there as well, so come check those out. What about you, Jonathan? Where are we finding you? Yes, you can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. You can follow us at The First Ones to Die on all of the social media platforms. You can email us, thefirstonestodie at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. And if you're watching us on YouTube, and uh, go ahead and give us a thumbs up and a subscribe and give us a comment as well if you're feeling it. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast listener, go ahead and give us five stars and really appreciate it. Next week. I have no idea. I don't have it pulled up either. But <laughs> you, you, why would you do that? I, you you pointed like you like you knew. Because you 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 
you always have it up. You always say, you're like, next week we're doing this. You have your little bit. Um, next week we are doing Renfield. Ooh. Oh, that's right. I'm actually excited to do it. Uh, came out just last Friday. It is about Dracula's servant, Renfield. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage just plays Dracula, and I think the main actor is playing Renfield. It's something. He's, his name is also. He's another one. Yeah. Nicholas. He Holtz? was in Skins. I remember that. British version of Skins. Ah. Uh, is it Nicholas Holt? Yeah. It's a, a modern point of view through him where he actually like goes to support groups because you know Dracula is very demanding which is fair fair on Renfield's part not fair on Dracula's part okay. you sleep most of your day like give the guy, let the guy have a break <laughs> it's okay if he goes and watches classic movies too let him do that right it's his time um, but join us for that and Jerome will be back too yes all right, we will see you all next week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.